Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We serve a great God. We serve a great God. We serve a great God. He is amazing. He's magnificent in all his ways. I got a smile on my face just thinking about how good God is. He is so good. God is good. God is good. God is good. Go ahead. You can have your seat. You can have your seat. Um, I need you guys to do a big favor for me on tonight. I need you to lift up our pastor because he is on the sick and shut and list on tonight. So we need to keep him lifted. Um, he's not feeling his best. Um, but certainly the, the, the Lord still has a word for us on tonight. On tonight. Um, so surprise, it's me. God has a word. Um, so on tonight, on tonight, on tonight, I need you to do me a favor and really just pay attention. Uh, we're going to talk about some key things on tonight. We're still going to continue on in the series of love. Um, and tonight, tonight, we're going to talk about love is kind. Mm. Love is kind. So I got to talk about kindness on tonight. Hi. Um, uh, love is kind. All right. So. First uh, Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 7. If you can read it all together, ready, read. Mm. And tonight I have the awesome honor and privilege of talking about love is kind. So on Sunday, t Pastor talked about love covers. Y'all remember how love covers through, y'all remember? Trouble, seasons, and, oh, I'm telling. Exposure. Y'all better talk back to me. Um, love covers through trouble, seasons, and exposure. Now, tonight, when it comes to kindness, kindness has been so far-fetched that even when someone is doing something in an act of kindness, it's almost like a surprise. We can't believe that someone is acting kind or giving kind gestures when our standard tells us that we need to be kind. Like when someone is acting nice, you say, now what do you want? And if for any parent in here, you know you've been yelling after your kids all week, telling them to do their homework. All of a sudden, you come home, the house clean, they being nice, asking if you want a drink of water. And the first thing that come to mind is, what you want? When it comes to, <laughs> when it comes to kindness, it has become something more or less foreign to the saints of God. Because now... We have equated kindness to manipulation. That if I'm kind, I can get what I want rather than it being a way of love. Especially when God is love and since we have God in us, we should be exhibiting that same kind of love. So for the sake of argument, for the sake of argument, let's, let me just assume that you do not know what kindness looks like. For the sake of argument, I'm going to say I, you don't know what kindness looks like. So I'm going to teach you. 
what kindness looks like. So the definition of kindness is it means to be friendly, generous, and considerate. I'm going to say that again. The definition of kindness means to be friendly, generous, and considerate. That is the definition of kindness. Now, I know I lost some of y'all in there because somebody was like, man, I ain't friendly. You know, I ain't friendly with nobody. And if you're from South Florida like me, that's our motto. I ain't friendly. But God is calling us to be kind, which means to be friendly, generous, and considerate. Now, when it comes to being friendly, we have to be welcoming, inviting, approachable, and warm as saints of God. Now, Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah verse number 9, I mean chapter 9 and verse number 24 says this. Can we all read that together? Read. Oh, y'all going to have to read that with a little bit more power. Ready? Read. Now, notice he says, for in these I delight, which means that when we exercise kindness, this is something that the Lord delights in. But the reason why sometimes we have an issue when it comes to showing kindness is because we have a lack of knowledge of who God really is, despite of all the signs, miracles, wonders that the Lord has shown us in our midst. But we still truly don't have a knowledge of who God is. The problem is we know more about our friends. We know more about social media. We know more about, you know, what's going on outside of God than rather knowing what God is. And even in reality, we find ourselves being connected to the people who are not even exhibiting some of God, the God qualities that we need to. So this scripture here is something that I hope that you guys can uh, see, intake, digest. And let it marinate in your spirit. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 33 says this. Everybody read. Bad company corrupts good character. I know we want to say we want to keep it real. I know we say we want to hang out with certain friends. But understand that bad company does corrupt good character. Now there was a study that they showed where they took a batch of good ripe fruits, right? And they took one rotten fruit and they put that rotten fruit in the middle of the good batch of fruits. And what ended up happening is the good fruit began to decay a whole lot faster than it would if that rotten fruit was not in there. Which which begins which causes me to believe that one bad apple can spoil a bunch. A bad apple can spoil a whole bunch, which is why our circles of association matter. Our environments matter. Those things matter. That's why when we're asked to be friendly, it becomes a struggle because now we've taken the identity of our friends or situations rather than the identity of our Savior. And that's why we find it as believers that we're having an issue on being friendly We've allowed these circumstances to turn us hostile, cold, and downright mean. Have you ever met somebody that say they're a believer, but they just always mean? Like you feel like you got to walk on eggshells just dealing with them, just mean. Like, what God do you serve? Like, what? 
And we have to be very mindful and careful because this is the reflection that we give because we've associated ourselves with the title as a believer and a Christian. And when they look at us and see the, the title of a Christian, they associate it to being mean. No, well, if that's who you serve and you say you're a Christian and you're mean and you're nasty, then I don't want to be associated with what you got going on. And that's why we have such a bad rap in today's society, why people really don't want to come to God. Because they're associating God with you. And I'm not pointing at nobody in particular. You know, I'm just pointing your direction, meaning us as the body. But that's the reality of it, is that we don't realize that we have to exhibit these qualities. Listen, God didn't put this here because he didn't know what he was doing. He Listen, he know what he was doing. We need to be kind in order to draw people in. And, there, and we have to understand that there's a part of us that's filled with pain, that's filled with disappointments, which causes us to now have taken the identity of our situations and our circumstances. But tap yourself and say, Lord, heal me. Now, there are three areas, three important areas that we need to learn how to be friendly. Three important areas. The first one is our relationships. And when I talk about relationships, I mean personal, family, and church. So, uh, I don't get it. I don't understand how people could be in relationships and be mean. You won. Like, it's hard out here. Ain't nothing in these streets. Nothing. You got somebody who loves you, cares about you, appreciates you, and you just mean to them. I don't get it. I really don't get it. Like, you won. <laughs> like, you you know how sometimes people say, yeah, I'm single. I, you know, do what I want to do. No, nah, man, it get lonely sometimes. <laughs> you want somebody you want to talk to and, you know, and sh share some juice or something, you know. <laughs> well, you ain't got that. What you mean to the person that say they love you and that they care about you? I don't get it. You know, when it comes to our families, man. Listen, I was talking to somebody and I was telling them, um, the tow truck driver, that's what I was talking to. I was talking to the tow truck driver, and I was telling him about the relationship with my parents and stuff like that. And uh, he was like, man, I ain't talked to my mama in two years. I said, what? I said, what? Two years. And it's not because something happened, but it's like a personal choice. I said, man, if you don't call your mama and tell her you love her, because there are certain relationships that people wish they had, you know? There's certain connections to family people wish that they had. And sometimes because of our lack of, here it is, our kindness, we tend to take for granted what's right in front of us. Remember back to the definition of what kindness is. Remember, kindness teaches us to be considerate. Kindness teaches us to be friendly. And kindness teaches us to be generous. So the first area of we need to show kindness to or be friendly in is our relationships and also let me talk about this church thing right we need to be friendly in church freedom um let me turn this thing here uh we need to be friendly because you would be surprised i'm telling you, you would be surprised how sometimes you can rub someone the wrong way by not being friendly and then what's happened is now a seed has been planted and that seed can start to now manifest in discourse. But I need somebody to tap their neighbor and say, not here. 
we don't need that kind of vibe going on here. We need to be friendly because God saved your wretched self. And because he saved your wretched self, you need to be happy and glad and be friendly to one another and start to exhibit that same kindness and love that to other people that he showed you. Because at the end of the day, we all are jacked up. We all are messed up. The Bible says not one, not one is righteous. We all are a uh, uh, mess and a half. You hear me? And we need to exhibit that. So the first area is our relationships, personal family and church. And then the second one is our friendships, our friendships. Our friendships are our support system. God gives you friends for a reason, because there's sometimes friends will be able to connect with you better than family members would. And if we be honest, sometimes there's friends who actually you consider more family than your own family. And. Friends have a have a way of being honest with us in times where we actually really don't like. But the problem sometimes that we have is that we gravitate to people who lie and move away from people who tell us the truth. And instead of exhibiting that friendliness to our actual friend, we do it to people who are not even real with us. I was talking to somebody and I told him, I said, um, I know in the government that we have, um, of who our uh, commander in chief is. And I said, you know what? I can respect the fact that the man shows us and he's honest that he's jacked up. <laughs> you know, I ain't say no names because we on camera, but I can appreciate someone being honest and showing you who they really are. And in today's society, we find ourselves gravitating to what's not real and straying away from what's real. That's why people run from God. Because they don't want to know the truth. They don't want to experience the truth. Because if I experience or if I deal with the truth, now I have to be responsible for what I know. But as long as if I can disconnect, disconnect myself from the truth, then I don't have to be held accountable for it. But I don't know about you, but sometimes you go at night and just something just won't leave you alone. That conviction just hits you. Like, now you know you're tripping. Now you know you need to tighten up. And when it comes to these friendships, we need to learn how to appreciate the friends that God puts in our lives and be friendly with them and not be so mean and not be so mean. You know how the saying says, nice guys finish last? It's true to a point, but they finish last in this world, but they finish first in God's eyes. And that's how I see it. And then the third area of where we need to learn how to be friendly is our careers and jobs. Yes, our careers and jobs, our careers and jobs. Some of us, we complain about promotions. We complain about being overlooked. We complain about different things on our jobs, but don't realize that sometimes you may have planted a seed that's causing you to be overlooked. You know, some people don't know how to be quiet on their job. Like, you always got to tell people how you feel. Like, you don't know how to just... Just let it rub off. People will always be people. People will be people. Somebody's always going to aggravate you. Somebody's always going to get on your nerves. Always. It's not going to stop. It never stops. I've been on this earth 33 years. I'm still getting aggravated by people, which means it ain't going to stop. So guess who's going to have to change? Me. I'm going to have to learn how to deal with situations that seem to be difficult. And, and I'm realizing that when it comes to you know, us as believers, sometimes God will allow you to keep repeating a season until you get it right, until you learn how to get out of yourself. 
until you learn how to get out of yourself, out of yourself. Because trust me, he will have you like that hamster in a wheel. You're just spinning. You're spinning. And he's waiting. He's, I'm waiting. I'm waiting on you. Saying this ain't on me. This on you. It's on you to change. So three areas we need to learn how to be friendly, which is our relationships, our friendships, and our jobs. I'm not going to stay on that job, that, that job point because I know y'all know the truth. I, no, no. Y'all know the truth. Y'all know y'all mean and nasty to them people on them jobs. No, we need, no, keep it real. Y'all know y'all need to tighten up. So be kind to them. So when you go to work tomorrow, uh, I need you to say good morning. I need you to wave at folk. I get li- no, 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 um, no, no, no. I, so the glory from the fast has not carried over. Oh, it, it unrubbed off already. Oh, oh, okay, okay. So when we go to work tomorrow, say good morning, greet people. I got this coworker at my job. We walk by each other every day. I look them in the eye, and they walk right past me every time. I could wave every time. And guess what I'm going to keep doing? Good morning. Good morning. Because you know why? Because even though they never say something, I guarantee in the back of their mind, they say, you know what? Even though I don't say nothing to this joker, he say good morning to me every day. You know why? Because you just don't know what that person could be going through in their own personal life. And your good morning, your friendliness could be the only sense of peace that they find in the day. Which is why maybe she keep walking by me to get that good morning because you probably don't get it nowhere else. So I'm going to keep saying it. Even though she don't say nothing back, I hold the door. I don't get no thank you, nothing. But I will continue to do it. Why? Because God was friendly with me. Because when I was nothing but a wretch undone, he remained friendly to me. He did not call me an enemy. He still calls me friend. And I don't know anybody here, but I am glad that God still calls me friend after all of the mess ups I've done, after all of the mistakes I've made, that he never turned his back on me. But yet he still looks at me and says, friend. So understand that God is calling us to be friendly. No other reason. Just be friendly. Don't be hostile. Don't gossip. Don't lie on people. And the list goes on. I can't because it's many of y'all and just one of me. Um, (laughs) The list goes on. The list goes on. But also a reason why we need to be friendly is because God has a mandate over us to win souls. Because how can we win souls if we're we're not friendly? Because when people look at us, they they have to feel that warm, that welcome. And I get it. I get it. Not everybody's meant to be, you know, quote unquote, a preacher and stuff like that. But you are a walking billboard for the gospel. You're a walking regard. Listen, it's oh, you've already signed up. It's over. You, you it. OK, you got God. He's using you whether you want to accept it or not, regardless of the mess ups, regardless of the stuff you you in there. Now, if you accepted Christ, you know, I pray everybody in here accepted Christ. But he's already chosen you. You're you're being used by him. And he's put a mandate over us to win the loss for Jesus Christ. Because at the end of the day, this is not our permanent home. We're just passing through. This is a temporary place, and God is asking us to win souls for Jesus Christ. Now, Matthew 28, 19 and 20. This is what our mandate says. And if everybody could read these two verses with me. Ready? Read. 
Now, notice in that scripture, he gives a reference to the action go, which means that you have to go and do. How can you be effective? How can you go if you're not friendly? You get what I'm saying? Like people will run from you. They see you like, oh, snap. You know, how can you really minister to people if you're not friendly? He's saying go. You have to go. You have to go. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them what I've commanded you. So the first point is we need to learn how to be what? We need to learn how to be what? Friendly. Now, this part right here, Lord, help me. The second thing we need to learn how to be when it comes to kindness is we have to learn how to be generous. All the selfish people are going to tighten up right here. We have to learn how to be generous. Now, generous is showing a readiness to give more of something as money or time than is strictly necessary or expected. Okay, I'm going to read that again. Generous is showing a readiness to give more of something as money or time than is strictly necessary or expected. Meaning, like, if someone asks you, let me get a dollar, you give them five dollars. That's being generous. If somebody say, I need you to drop me off on a corner, you take them to their front door, that's being generous. If you work in food, somebody say, let me get one scoop, you give them two scoops, that's being generous. There's always one. There's always one. There's always one. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 8. Now, I need everybody to read this, and I need you to read it with power and conviction. Ready? Read. God loves a what? God loves a what? This isn't when uh, Paul was preaching to the church of Corinth talking about generosity and where generosity is encouraged. And he says that whoever reaps sparingly will sow sparingly and whoever reap generously will also reap generously. He says each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Now, the problem is what is in your heart? That's where the issue lies when it comes to generosity. What is actually in your heart? Because if you have generosity in your heart, then you're going to be generous and you give. But if you have selfishness in your heart, then you're not going to be apt to give. You're going to be more reluctant. That's why he says what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly, which means that he says not not being like hesitant to give or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. Because he is able to bless you abundantly because it doesn't matter what you give. God could always give you more. And the reality is sometimes we think that if I give, I won't get back. Not realizing that you serve a God who has a limitless amount of resources. The God you serve owns a cattle on a thousand hills, meaning that you cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. I'll give you a personal testimony. This happened today. So I'm not one to really, you know, I... Lord, I may have a pride issue, but I don't like to ask for help sometimes. 
Um, so today's Wednesday, so I've been without a vehicle since Sunday. Um, my car completely died on me, right? And um, I mean, died, like don't even start, like nothing. Um, and the dealership's telling me that I have to pay to get it fixed first. Um, and I'm like, no, it's y'all fault that my car is jacked up. So y'all need to fix it. And they said, well, no, you have to pay for the diagnostic first. And the diagnostic 131. I said, who's going to pay that? Not me. Um, so I basically told them I'm not going to pay. For so literally, I've been bumming rides, you know. And I appreciate the generosity of people to actually come pick me up and stuff. Because it's been a while since I've been in that position of having to catch rides and walking and stuff like that. So it's, it's kind of foreign to me. But I didn't mind it, you know. I got some new headphones. I was about to get on the bus and... um. You know, and just rock out to some music while I'm on the bus, be that person with the book bag and the earphones, you know, but whatever. Um, and then, you know, I began praying um, and I do a devotion when it talks about faith. And then we came on the scripture of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and how, you know, you stand from what you believe in no matter what happens and you stand on your faith. And that's really what I've been saying. So I've just been declaring, Lord, I know you'll make a way. I know you'll make a way. I know you'll make a way. Right. So. um one of my old football coaches just randomly sent me a message. Hey, what's going on? I was like, uh, you know, life, you know, boom, boom, boom. And then right there, I heard Holy Spirit say, you need, boy, you better open your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you better open your mouth and say what's really going on. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm having car issues and um, I can't get it fixed until, you know, I get more money. And he was like, well, how much it costs? And I told him it costs $131. He said, well, go get it fixed. I got you. And I'm like... <laughs> You know, now the pride of me was like, man, I ain't trying to accept this man money. I don't know what's, you know, but I said, you know what? All right. Called the dealership, um, got the tow truck, tow company. Boom. That's what I was talking to the man about his mama. He talked two years. Um, go to the dealership. And I'm basically telling them at first, and I ain't gonna lie. At first, I was going to start like trying to raise hell because I know how I've seen people get their way done. If they, you know, if they cause a little havoc, start yelling and be loud and they get what they want. But that's not me. That's not me. I can't do it. I don't know how y'all do it. Y'all be, <laughs> I can't do it. So I decided to just explain my case, let them know everything that was going on. And then I pointed and then I sat down and literally I heard the voice of God say, but you need to tell them about another issue that could be a potential problem. So I got up and I told him, I said, hey, but I noticed that y'all left something this and you put this here, and he was like, that doesn't sound right. I said, well, go look. It's there. He grabbed my keys. He ran downstairs. So that's when I did the Facebook Live prayer. So I was waiting for the shuttle to come take me to work. So literally about maybe 10 or 15 minutes, man, this man pulled my car up so fast. Like, uh, yeah, we fixed it. It's okay. I said, but don't I have, mm -mm, don't worry about it. <laughs> literally, free of charge. Didn't even charge nothing to fix it. And it's so it's so amazing that when you truly, truly believe that God will provide and you stand from that, he will make a way that God will truly make a way out of no way. This is why when it comes to generosity, God is asking us to be generous in the different things because you cannot outgive him. No matter what you think, look, five dollars, five hundred. 5,000, it doesn't matter. God got you. God got you. So, so all today, <laughs> boys, oh, you need a dollar? <laughs> Here's five. <laughs> God's good, you know, <laughs> because what that does is that 
that gives you more apt to be more generous when you understand that you serve a God that's giving. You know what I'm saying? And you have to keep practicing it. You know, when it comes to God's kindness, it's not something that you just think is going to come to you. You have to actually practice it. You have to do. That's why when it says go, you have to. There's an action that has to take place. You have to get up and go. So you have to be generous, generous, generous. Now, we as people were naturally selfish. We were born selfish. That's just how it is. We just naturally selfish. But what I want to do is I want to show you a video. All right. Uh, Y'all can cue it up real quick. I want to show you a video about what we do as people. And sometimes, you know, we, we don't realize that we do it. But I'm a visual person like you got to show me. You have to show me. So, um, yeah, I don't know if y'all ever seen this one, but uh, but I need y'all to watch this video real quick. Uh, cue it up, uh, Maestro. You know what's so funny about that video is that that's what we do with God. He blesses us to be a blessing. But when it's time to put our actions behind our words, just like the child, we gator arm. We gator arm the resources God has given us when he's asking us to give back. And then we get upset when the tides have turned. But the scripture is clear when it comes to generosity. Very clear. There's three areas that we need to make sure that we show generosity. Three areas. The first area is our time. Is our time. Is our time. Now, one thing when, you know, I have, I have a, a, a personal aggravation when it comes to um, certain things. But when it comes to men, men, you know, I was always raised not to be lazy, right? I was always raised that men worked hard, like you, you grinded, you worked. Uh, whenever it comes to things of labor, you know, that's just what you did. My grandfather, we built things together, we painted things together. That's just what uh, we did. And sometimes when we find times where men are supposed to be working, they always find time for everything else. But then when it comes to work, there's always an excuse. And God is saying that we need to be generous when it comes to our time, when it comes to our time meaning in our service to him, making God a priority when it comes to our service to him. Like, because sometimes we complain, and I'm going to speak in general terms, that when, that when we're doing the work of God and we have other stuff to do, we always say, I, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. But yet we will find ourselves giving our times to everything else outside of the things of God. And the reality is we need to learn how to focus our stuff around the things of God because everything else is secondary. Remember, this is the God of your salvation. This is the God who redeemed you, who saved you, who covered you, who kept you, who provided for you, who healed you. You know, and I I remember having a conversation with someone and I was telling them of how 
they were going through just so much, so much, and they were crying out to God, crying out to God for God to get them out of their situation. And God, I mean, listen, I didn't even know how God was going to do this, but sure enough, God brought them out. But the minute God delivered them from their situation, guess what they did? Put God on the back burner. And I said, are you out of your mind? Like, God just did this for you, and you're going to treat him like this? Like, yo, the least you can do is do something, serve him, and things like that. Because if, really if you really take a recap in your mind of all of the ways that God has made for you, listen, you would want to go serve him. You would want to go do things for him. If you really just recap some of the ways that God has really made for you, like, okay, God, I really need to serve you because I've gotten myself in situations that justice should have had its way. I've put myself into predicaments that, listen, I should have been dead. I should have been shot. I should have been in jail. But, God, you covered me. You kept me. You protected me in times when I've gotten myself in mess. So the least I could do is give you my time and give you my service. And a lot of us, we're, you know, we're thinking that, oh, God, oh, I got to serve God every day, every day. I got, listen, God, if you ask me for 24 hours, I'll give you 27. If, if you ask me, whatever you ask me, I will give it to you. Why? Because you've been good to me. I've come to one conclusion. God, you've been good to me. My job, I didn't earn it. You gave it to me. So whatever you need from me, my life is not my own. I didn't earn it. You gave it to me. So whatever you ask of me, I will give it to you. Why? Because you were generous with your grace. You were generous with your mercy. You were generous with your love. You were generous with your kindness. So I will not hold back from God because you were generous with me. So the first place we need to learn how to be generous is our time. The second is our efforts. We need to be generous with our efforts. You ever heard somebody say, I can't help myself? Like, I just can't help myself. I can't help myself. Somebody say something to me, I'm going to cuss them out clean. I can't help myself. Or somebody say they see that nice... Uh, Fried chicken's joint, you know, you got to hit that U-turn and pull in that driveway. I ain't talking about KFC because that ain't even real chicken. I'm talking about like, I'm talking about like Popeye's, you know, and they got that good $5. Like, I, I just can't help myself. I, man, I, I smelt that chicken down the street. I had to just, I can't help myself. And another area we need to be generous is our efforts. We need to be generous in our efforts, meaning that we have to try. What do we have to try? Try to be at peace with everybody. Try to be at peace with everybody. Try to pray. Try to read your word. Try. Try. Listen, God understands. Now, don't say God know my heart because he do. He know how raggedy your heart is. So don't say God knows your heart because he really does know your heart and it's raggedy, okay? So, you know, and I can't stand when people say only God can judge me. I don't think you want that. No, I don't, I don't think you want that. But God wants us to be generous when it comes to our efforts, being with peace, being at peace with everybody around us. Make an effort. Make an effort to greet somebody. Make an effort to pray for somebody. Make an effort. Just try. Just try. Now, I can't do that. Yes, you can. So you telling me that thing has more control over you than you have over yourself? Okay, then what God do you serve? I thought he said I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
strengthens me. Strengthens me. So God is asking us to be generous in our efforts towards him. And then the third thing, help me, Lord, is our resources. Mm. All right, I won't stay on this one too long um, because you already know what time it is. So uh, God is asking us to be generous in our resources, which is our tithes and offerings, and that's all I'm going to say. Because y'all ain't going to try to jack me up in these parking lots. So uh, y'all know what the words say. Um, so the first area God is asking us to be kind is asking us to be kind is to be friendly, uh, to be generous, and the third one is to be considerate. Now this is where we gonna park. We got to be considerate. The definition of considerate is careful thought, typically over a period of time, which means that you have to be consistent. Careful thought, typically over a period of time. Um, Philippians 2, verse number 4, and I'm sure you've heard the scripture before, and I'm going to say it. It says, not looking to your own interest, but each of you, each of you to the interests of others. Oh, I need to think about myself. I got to worry about me. I got to take care of me, which I understand in some shape you do. Because if you're on a plane, if you don't put the mask on the other person, you pass out, then you can't even help nobody. But I'm talking about in the sense of making sure that you have a type of consideration towards other people and what they got going on. The Huffington Post said that there are seven habits of considerate people. And when I saw this, I was like, yo, this is this is really good. Seven habits of considerate people. They practice empathy. They practice empathy. For some who don't know what the word empathy is, empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. You know how sympathy is like, you can sympathize with somebody, but you don't really know. Empathy is when you can actually understand and share the feelings of another. Number two, they smile often. You know considerate people smile a lot. Do you know why? Because they find joy in other people being happy. They smile a lot. You ever look at somebody and it looks like if they smile, they cry? (laughs) (laughs) Smile. I am smiling. (laughs) They smile often. Number three, they are intuitive to others' needs. Now, this is what the Huffington Post says. They are intuitive to others' needs. But let me put it in the spiritual aspect. They have discernment for other people's needs. Because sometimes we could sit next to somebody in church and they're like, I mean, they catching it. But yet nothing on the inside of us moves to say that person needs a hug. That person needs encouragement. That person needs prayer. A considerate person is intuitive to other people's needs. And sometimes there's so people like you're so good at it that a person can be smiling and you can see right through it and look at them and say, nah, there's something wrong. There's something off with you. You know, and then sure enough, the person will be like, man, I'm just catching it. Number four, they mind their manners. Let me tell you what aggravate me, right? Let me tell you. I can't stand when somebody step on my shoe and not say, excuse me. You know, that really burns my gizzards. Like, I'm so serious. Like, you ever had somebody just hit your foot and I feel like you slapped me for real. 
and you don't say excuse me, but they mind their manners. Considerate people say please and thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You know, they hold the door. You know, they move out the way if somebody's passing through. They mind their manners. They put others first sometimes. Now, notice it didn't say all the time. Because you can't let people suck you dry and you ain't got nothing to give. You got to be careful for vampires, piranhas, and leeches. You got to be careful for people like that. Because how many of you know there's people that will suck the life out of you? So it says they put others people they put others first sometimes. So sometimes you let a person, you know, vent and stuff like that. But after a while, hey, tighten up. You you, you got to tighten up. You got to get it together. Come on now. We we you can do better. You serve the same God that I do. They are patient even when they don't feel like it. Mm. They are patient even when they don't feel like it. Now, you know patience is something you have to practice. You have to practice patience. Patience doesn't come to you. So if you ever pray for patience, I feel sorry for you. Because God is not going to give you patience. He's going to give you the opportunity to exercise patience. So the more you pray for it, the more you're going to get opportunities to exercise that patience, which means the more things are going to come at you that's going to try your patience. And like you're going you're gonna to get to a point to where you say, you know what, I give up. I give up. Any parent knows. Any parent knows. It's so many times you need you, you can uppercut that child in the chin. There's only but so many times you could do that. Well, I grew up in that kind of household. <laughs> we got uppercut. We, I don't know this. Sit down. And, mm -mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that made you sit down quick, too. <laughs> quick. They are patient even when they don't feel like it. And number seven, they apologize when warranted. You ever met somebody who never could say sorry? I mean, like, n n never could say sorry? Like, you just didn't realize you just did that to me. Huh? You said, huh? That, oh, dang. You ain't say sorry? No? Okay. They apologize when warranted. And when it comes to being considerate, these are some of the seven habits that Huffington Post says, but one thing about God is that we serve a God that is considerate. Scripture tells us. Uh, go to the next one. Uh, here it is. Hebrews 4 and 15 says that, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize. Now, remember, remember, there's sympathy and there's empathy. Empathy is the ability to understand and share, to empathize with our weaknesses but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. You, you serve an empathetic God who's considerate towards your feelings. Why? Because he went through every single thing that you've gone through. This is why God is asking us to be considerate. Because he went through what you went through and he knows how it feels. But he knows that you can do it. Why? Because he's in you. But you know how some people say, but you don't know what they did to me. And I don't. I don't know how people have hurt you. I don't know how people have disappointed you. I don't know what people did to you. But I do know what you did to God, and he loved you still. I do know how you disappointed God, and yet he still kept his grace and mercy over you. I do know how every time we sin, we put Christ on the cross afresh. 
but yet his consideration for us never changed. He knows the depths of our hearts, but yet his love never changed for us. That even while on the cross, he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. Meaning that he knew every single thing that you did are doing and is going to do, but yet he never changed. You serve a God that is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And because of that, he deserves the glory. He deserves the honor. And he deserves the praise because if we be honest, we are some messed up people. But we serve a God who is very considerate towards us. Very considerate towards us. So people of God, love is kind. Love is kind. Love is kind. And we need to be more conscious when it comes to how we interact with people. In our families, friendship circles, associations, even at church. So if I catch anybody around here not being kind, I told you, I, I told you, we're going to have some uh, a meeting of the minds. But um, that's all I wanted to minister to you on tonight. So in order to be kind, you must be first friendly. You must be. And then you must be. Let's say that one more time with power. You must be. You must be. And you must be everybody standing. Y'all better say thank you. What time? Yeah, everybody. <laughs> better say thank you. And go catch a two for 20 from a Applebee's or something. But um, man, I am I am so I am so thankful to God for who He is and what He's done in that. Through this series and through what I studied on today of how he is kind towards us, you know, and how he still considers us a friend no matter, you know, what we've done, you know. And um, he's worthy, man. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. So right before, just if you can help me, just lift up your hands and just begin to just tell him how much you love him, how much you appreciate for him being kind towards you. Come on, create an altar right where you're at. Before you get out of here, come on, just release a little bit of...